I'd like you to call my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I'm just scrolling through all the people who call me mom, mom, (laughs) mom, (laughs) Phil, mom, (laughs) Lindsay. Here we are. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 26. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we're talking about acedia, which is also known as the noonday devil. Yes, what to do when you don't feel like doing the one thing that you actually should be doing. Confused? Don't worry. It's actually a pretty common conundrum, and we're going to attempt to straighten it out a little bit more in our chat today. But first, Michelle and I are so thankful for each and every one of you that listen to our podcast. We truly have the best listeners. We now have 20 five-star reviews on iTunes. If you have a moment to leave us a rating, review, or comment, we would be so grateful. And we might even share your comment in an upcoming episode. In fact, Michelle has one to share right now. Yes, this week's shout out goes to at ParisianRose79, who commented on Instagram and said, quote, I am loving the podcasts. I do not have many friends my own age, so it's been really nice having you ladies chat about real important topics that truly relate to women around our age, end quote. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. Before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. Today's tip is about how to properly receive a compliment. So, so many of us brush away compliments almost at the same moment as the person is paying us the compliment, right? Um, But this isn't a good thing and we need to learn how to accept the compliment, not only because it's good for us, but it's also rude to discredit the person that is paying the compliment. So I think one of the best things that you can do is, first of all, let them speak, let them finish their sentence. I am notorious for cutting people off in regular circumstances, but especially when they're going to pay me a compliment. Um, So let them finish what they have to say. Be aware of your body language, like shrugging your shoulders, rolling your eyes, sighing, etc. Try to maintain eye contact with them and have like a smile on your face, you know, a pleasant face instead of immediately, they can tell you're brushing it off before you even said anything. And then just simply say, thank you for noticing that. I worked hard on that. Or thank you for saying that. It means a lot to me that you enjoyed it. And then if you have a genuine compliment to return back to that person, pay it back to them at that time. And so although this is really hard for a lot of us, it is like with anything that practice will make perfect. This is something really hard for me because it it feels a little bit awkward, right? Totally awkward. <laughs> when someone pays, yeah, it's awkward, but it is such a kindness. And for me, my um, what I struggle with is trying to explain it away, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's like, oh, thanks. And either I'll give way too much information <laughs> about how I've <laughs> procured the thing that they're complimenting, or like you said, I'll I'll spend too much time explaining why it actually isn't that big of a deal. Right. 
Right. And it's not, I think we tell ourselves then it's humility and it's not humility also, right? Like it's Mm. okay to accept that compliment. I'm really good at complimenting myself. I have none of those self-esteem problems, (laughs) but the minute minute somebody paid, like I was running out to a friend's Mm. car on the weekend. And as soon as I was running out to her, I was going to tell her something. She cut me right off and she's like, oh my goodness, you look fabulous. And I was like, no, 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 I don't. And I was immediately saying, look at the gray in my hair. I had a whole list of things and she's like, and she just went, oh, okay. (laughs) And then I thought, no, because as you and I always say with our children, like we don't want to say to our daughters, you look beautiful. And then they tell us all the ways that they, that they're not, you know, or, Mm -hmm. or how they're doing well in something. And so I think a really good thing that we can do is learn to accept compliments. Okay. So today's topic is acedia. Um, also known as the noonday devil, um, can also be compared to procrastination. There are so many avenues, uh, different ways to look at this topic today, right, Lindsay? Yeah, it's it's a really broad topic as usual. Uh, and, yes. <laughs> you know, we love to do that. Um, apparently, it's one of the greatest spiritual crises of our time because it's not talked about and almost everybody feels this at some point. And so most people, including Michelle and I only heard the word, what was that two years ago, Michelle, or a year ago? We went to that. Oh yeah. If that, it's so recent. Mm -hmm. It is. And once we go on and describe what it means, a lot of you will go, oh yeah, I know exactly what that means. But it is something that was really looked into by early theologians. So we're going to describe it somewhat in Christian terms, but it's very much a common issue among everybody. So it originally, the word was pronounced Acadia, and we now say Acedia, but Acadia, the translation was literally lack of care. So this is how it differs from procrastination a little bit. Um, it, It really means that you're feeling weary or melancholic, overworked, discouraged, in um, your feeling some instability. Um, In some ways, you're feeling a great sense of activism towards things you Mm. shouldn't be feeling that towards. We'll explain that more in a minute. Or that you're just kind of (laughs) bored. Like it's it's this feeling, like we said, that that you want to be doing all of the things that you want to do except for the thing that you have to do. Right. And actually, that was kind of an interesting point. You were saying, you know, activism can be one. And yet the name means like a lack of care. Right. Right. Because it isn't laziness. And so Mm -hmm. you can absolutely be a workaholic and still be suffering from this. So just to explain it a little bit more, like from a personal standpoint, this is 100% something I've dealt with for a lot of my life. It's something that was first brought up to me actually in spiritual direction by my priest. And then that same priest gave a talk on it later that Michelle and I were both at. And Mm -hmm. um, my, my history of procrastination can go back far. In fact, when I was in university, um, I was forced to go to a procrastination workshop by my undergrad advisor. But then I didn't go Mm. to the first one because I'm a procrastinator. And so then when I went to the second one, I got kicked out. But I'm like, I I said to the teacher, I'm like, I fully expected you to give all of us procrastinators the first one off, assuming we wouldn't come to the first (laughs) <laughs> the first workshop they didn't think it was funny and I was kicked out I was just I was just gonna say did she get the joke no <laughs> no so I'm mm. really good I am a professional procrastinator but it is different than this so this this idea just a really brief history um this started 
being talked about about 300 years after Christ. And so the Desert Fathers, these were um, Christian theologians and monks who went, or and sometimes women, that went out into the desert and lived like hermits. And they devoted their lives to lives of penance and prayer. And so they would have this, you know, morning where they'd wake up refreshed, like all of us. Um, and then oh, the noon, the noon day, right? Noon mm-hmm. time would start to hit. And specifically in the desert, that that's when the sun is right overhead and it's really hot and you really can't do a lot mm-hmm. of things. And so they'd be forced to stay inside of their hut out of the, or within the cave, out of the sun. And though that time, it seems like time stops during the afternoon and it's not cool enough. And in the evening where you can go out and do stuff and it's not the morning, right? It's like this long mm-hmm. afternoon. And that that's when your mind starts going and it starts reeling and you start thinking about all the things that you should have done or the things you've done in your past life that you shouldn't have done and all the things you want to do, but you can't because you're now living in a cave in the desert. And so you start, right. You have this like, Right. Nonstop narrative in your head. And that's where the term the noonday devil comes from. And this is something that I know all of us feel and we aren't hermits living in the desert. Oh, for sure. Because I feel that way too. Uh, like in this season of my life, often, right? Staying at home uh, with the kids, I'm not going to work. And um, there's a limited amount of things that I can do in terms of volunteering with my time. And often I will feel like the the saying, the days are long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. But those days are so long, yes. right? <laughs> You're sitting at home with young children often and you think, I should be doing something else, yeah. right? Yeah. She's like, what else can I do? What can I do? Surely there are grand things that I can be doing to benefit society or the world or, you know, what am I doing here? And I know I have felt, you know, there are some phases uh, of going through that where it has gotten me very down. Yeah. And I I never put a name to it, but this is the name to put to it. The other name, so this this word of acedia, um, was originally one of the seven deadly sins. It was replaced later on by St. Thomas Aquinas, then Aquinas, who recoined it as sloth. So a lot more people are going to be familiar okay. with the idea of sloth. But like you're saying, it's this, we're home with our kids. It's the afternoon. And I know you and I are so similar, Michelle. We're like probably sitting down with our journals out and we're planning the business we're going to open 15 years from now. And we're like planning it all oh out. And we're my like, gosh. Pinteresting yes. what the storefront will look like of our little bookshop, right? And we're like doing all this mm-hmm. work, but I can't get up and make my kids lunch. No, that's I don't want to do that. So I'll just sit for another half hour planning something <laughs> elaborate. Because and that's exactly what this is. And while we can joke about it, that kind of thought process can start to eat away at our true joy, like we we're saying, in our mm-hmm. vocation when we're constantly putting our mind into the past or into the future and not taking care of the duty of the moment. Right. And actually I was laughing because you said 15 years. My <laughs> business is opening in 15 days. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but this reminds me of a homily that I I was listening to on Saturday. And it was not about acedia. It was actually about finding peace, finding inner peace. And this priest was saying that inner peace is found in doing God's will. Yes. Right. We get into trouble when we try to do our own will. Um, and God's will can be roughly described actually as doing the duty of the moment, doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? Because you can be doing, this is what he was saying, you could be doing the grandest, best good deed in all the world, 
But if it's not what you should be doing right now, it has less merit than the smaller, more appropriate task, right? And I was thinking about this um, even with our our kids, right? Our our oldest is a seven-year-old girl, and they are very keen, generally, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to help you. And But I was thinking, you know, if we had to go somewhere and I asked her to go downstairs and put her shoes on to get ready, and if I came downstairs and she was doing even something good, like, say, cleaning the kitchen for me, but I asked her to go put on her shoes... I would be less pleased than she probably would have hoped. You nailed it. Yeah. 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 We can do a hundred wonderful things, but if it's not what we're supposed to be doing at that time, it isn't going to serve us well in the long run because we aren't learning to build this habit of getting done what needs to get done. Right. And I have found too that this breeds um, dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. in your life. That's where that's why it's dissatisfying, right? Because there are so many nights when I will go to bed and I have been so busy. Like the day has been a blur. I can't even think about why I'm so achy and tired because uh, from all the busyness. But I'm not settled and I'm not satisfied because I know in the mm-hmm. back of my mind that I've put something off all day that I should have gotten done today, but I put it off and yep. I'm not at peace with it. Yeah, absolutely. And and so kind of moving beyond that, it's another part of this is it's kind of like a small version of a midlife crisis, right? And mm. this this happens to everybody. So in whatever area of your life, whether it's your job or your marriage um, or even being at home with the kids or any of those things, it's that feeling when the excitement is gone and, but we aren't quite at the stage where we can sit back and relax and look back and we've gained wisdom. We're just in the middle of our life. And that's like what we're saying with the noon day, it's the noon of our life. And mm-hmm. so, um, it's, oh, it's, it's the point in your life where you kind of want to run away. And that's, again, it's okay to feel that. And you want to bolt, you want to take off on your vocation. You're like, you know what? I'm done right now. And so when you're feeling that, that's where we've got to step outside and say, okay, what are we running from? Because it's not always going to be pleasant. Everybody knows that we don't have to dwell on that. The noon Mm. day of our lives is a lot of repetitive work that seems like it's doing nothing. And we're just running in circles. Um, but we feel that we feel that we want to bolt. And if you're feeling like that right now, you're so not alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Like, I think it's so interesting when you were listing all the different aspects that acedia can fall under. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so many people, I, I would be so curious as to who p- picked out which one. Yeah. Right. I think all of us can zone in on one of those things on the list, but we think it's an individual problem that is only us. And it's that particular problem. Like I am discontented. Discontentedness is my problem or you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we have not been exposed to, to what it is. Naming the problem is part of isn't that from um aa or part of the 12 step program or something yep, yep that the first what is it the it's first... acknowledging the problem i think yes thank you yeah, and asking for help recovery yeah you have mm-hmm. to if you're going to recover from anything in your life you have to accept help and so for you and i that's help from god um it's real it's realizing that 
we can't fix ourselves. And this is actually one of the greatest spiritual crises of today. We're distracted Mm -hmm. and we're indifferent to God and that we have fallen into this idea of self-help, right? The Mm self-help section of a bookstore is gigantic. We can't fix ourselves. And so whether you're a Christian or not, you're going to have to lean on somebody. And for us, that's that somebody is Jesus, but um, you can't do this on your own. And acedia is the voice in your head telling you that you are on your own and that you can't lean on anybody and that Mm -hmm. nobody is working as hard as you are and that what you're doing right now isn't fulfilling you and you're better than this or it's just that nagging voice that's telling you that where you are right now is not where you're supposed to be and God says you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now let me show you what my plans are for you right and it also, yeah, and the CDA also says to you that there's also no problem here except for you. Right. <laughs> right. You are the problem. And that reminded me of that movie, The Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. you know, Kaiser Sose. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that iconic line of the greatest trick the devil ever played on the world was convincing him he them he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we could say that about Acedia. Like the greatest success of the noonday devil of these feelings of discontentment and boredom and everything is the convincing that if you just worked a little harder, right. if you just did something a little bit different, you wouldn't be feeling this way. That's right. But that's not the problem itself. That's right. There is actually, I have a list of remedies that I'll get to in a minute. And mm. one of them deals with that. You are going to love it. So I'll get there in one second. But okay. we're going to look at something um, by, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but I think it's a, a Vergrius. Uh, I believe he was a monk and he was one of the ones to really start writing out some of the characteristics of acedia and then the remedies. And so he lists five of the characteristics of it. And so this is kind of a little checklist we can go through. And I honestly think everybody's going to go, yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing would be interior instability. And this is sometimes comes out like having to be physically moving around all the time, fidgety, checking your phone, distracted constantly, needing to always have sound on in the background. Like how many people are ever in their house with silence, without a podcast mm. on, without music on, without the TV on this. In, and that is coming from an interior instability. Uh, the second thing is an exaggerated concern about your own health. You're not going to find this checklist in any other self-help book. This is a very interesting checklist, right? So Mm -hmm. you're either very worried about your own health and, you know, um, a hypochondriac kind of in that way, or you're overly focused on trying to be super healthy, or you're beating yourself up for the days where you have made unhealthy choices, but this exaggerated concern over your own health, exaggerated. The third one would be an aversion to manual work. And it's sitting there and looking at that pile of laundry and and feeling an aversion (laughs) to it, right? Be like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it right now. Well, there's mine. Right? There you go. Um, The fourth is minimalism in our spiritual life or our duties and our state of life or maximalism, doing far too much of busying ourselves and doing far too many of the things, again, that we're not supposed to be doing. So Mm. doing too little or too much. It's not that temperate approach. Mm -hmm. And And the fifth thing is general discouragement. 
And it's like, we're tired of fighting this battle. And this is common. Um, Christianity is, is linked very much to the, the Jews in Exodus that we can look at Christianity as this long Exodus that we're in while we're waiting for the end. And we get tired. We get tired of that Mm. battle. The Jews got tired while they were wondering, (laughs) we're okay to be like, it's okay if we're tired. We're like, you're saying the days are long. And so we do get discouraged. But we have to watch it because if if these things are left unchecked, we end up in despair and then you're in a very dark place. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I can see so many, you know, as is often the case when you are living a, a life of faith or trying to do so, you can see glimmers or glimpses of um, even the world itself trying to come on board with some of these things Mm -hmm. that your faith is trying to tell you to. So like when you're talking about like it's not doing enough work and it's also doing too much work. Yeah. The the first thing I thought of is Lagom again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it, uh, you might um, want to explain that for our listeners who missed that Oh, episode. that's right. Right. So Lagom being the Scandinavian term for just enough, not yeah. too much, not too little, right? The, just a balance. And uh, we've talked, we talk about balance all the time, but um, it could also be, um, it, being in the present, you know, you talk, you hear people talking about like staying rooted in the present moment or mindfulness present or mindfulness. Right. And you know, it's coming from so many different sides, this call back to um, being content and settled with doing the duty of the moment. Right. Right. So having come only into the church in the last 10 years, um, it's so I laugh at this because I think, yeah, I had been talking about all these things in the world. I mean, this is like everything that was on the Oprah Winfrey show. This is everything Mm. that people have been talking about and trying to figure out and selling so many books on. It's like the monks were talking about this, you know, 300 (laughs) AD. This is not new. And they had these great tips. And and there's one more way to describe this before we move on to how we can overcome it. But it's also about feeling sadness towards spiritual good. And what I mean by that is feeling a sadness when you're growing in your faith and you're starting to renounce things that previously gave you pleasure or things that were immediately attainable good. And we're starting to move away from those. And there's kind of a sluggishness that can happen as we're moving away from that. And kind of, we can be a little bitter, like when I had to give up Mm. Game of Thrones. Um, That's part of this is we can get kind of angry about that or just a feel a sadness um, as we're moving towards things that give us that deep rooted joy and a long lasting pleasure. And so we're kind of moving slowly in our spiritual life so that we don't quite have to give up all of those things. Right. That's also that. And that also it's when it's that the feeling of charity, it's, it slowly dies within us as well. We become indifferent, indifferent to love of our spouse, indifferent to love of our neighbor, indifferent to love of, of God. And then we lack courage. We're irritated with people all the time. I mean, these are all things I have felt so many times in my life. And mm. I know so many people have. And the good news, the good news is that we can fully begin again. And we're in our last week of Lent now, right? When this airs mm-hmm. and what a great time to step back and reflect and go, okay, yeah, this sounds a lot like me, or I've been in this place and rest assured you can get out of this place. You, there is a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I love that the last 
point that you use to describe acedia is actually the greatest way to bring yourself out of acedia too, which is love. Love is the answer. And we throw that phrase around all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Love conquers all, uh, but it really does. Um, You look at the love of God and (laughs) even look to Jesus on the cross during this Holy Week. As your example and your model, uh, Father Mike Smith has a video on Acedia and he talks about this and he asks like, what held Jesus to the cross? Like it wasn't the nails, it was his love for us because his whole life was just yes. In every moment, it was a yes to the will of the Father, even yes to his crucifixion and his death. That's right. Right. And so how do we how do we emulate love in our lives towards him and also towards others? What's holding us to the things in our life that we don't necessarily want to do? I was thinking about Mother Teresa's quote where she says, you know, wash the plate, not because it's dirty or because you're told to wash it, but because you love the person who will use it next. And isn't Absolutely. that like so such a, a great way of fighting acedia in the moment of just saying like, I don't want to do this, but what does need to be done and uh, how can I get to the task at hand? Yep. And so that's like what you're saying. There are things we can do. So um, a priest I was listening to said that, you know, God can only heal us, but we can clean the soil kind of of our hearts so that God can plant the seeds. So some of what are cleaning the soil. So this is some of the remedies. Um, There's a list of five things. And this one, the first one, oh my goodness, uh, this is the one I was referring to for you. Mm -hmm. It says to turn to God in tears. But this idea of crying Okay. It's a very specific Mm -hmm. thing. It says we need to acknowledge what we cannot do on our own, that we do need a savior and the gift of tears. And this is what the priest was saying. Water falls on a hard rock and can penetrate it. Right. We know that water Mm -hmm. can cut through rock and our tears can soften our hearts to help grace penetrate it. And our culture tells us to get rid of things that make us sad. We shouldn't feel sad. Like, right. right? Right. But our very tears, when we let ourselves feel it, cry it out. They, t- those tears can strengthen us. They serve a purpose. So it's okay. Cry it out. That's step one, actually. And the second thing is we need to persevere in work. Then like you're saying, wash the dishes. So we got to work out all of our tasks with great intention. We need to do the work until it's done and we need to do it as well as we possibly can. Uh, the third thing is called the way of contradiction. So back to those thoughts in our mind where the thoughts are going all around, like in a cyclone in our brains. And it's the thoughts that tempt us or distract us or hold us back to our wounds um, or our past life and sins we may have done. The, um, we ha- need to take those thoughts and it's, it says literally crash them against the rock. <clears throat> We can get rid of them. And so we can pray to have them gotten rid of. That's a whole other conversation. But take those thoughts and get rid of them. Mm-hmm. The fourth thing is, I love this and you love this too, but meditation on death. And so I don't know if our, our non-Catholic <laughs> we love this. we love this, <laughs> are, fam- are familiar with the idea of memento mori, um, right. but, yes. you know, it was really trendy in the Victorian time as well. And it actually has become a little trendy again with like skull motifs in decor mm-hmm. and, and like, you know, buying a cute little skull at HomeSense for your shelf, but <laughs> buy that skull. And once a day, think about the hour of your death. Think about it. We don't want to think about it. 
what matters? What does it matter right now? Mm. Is that afternoon of your life that you're sitting there with all those thoughts in your mind? Does that matter? No. Um, really take time to think about that. And the last thing is increasing our faithfulness to our daily routine and our daily life. You talk about how um, having your routine means so much to yes. you, Michelle. Mm-hmm. And so this is this. This is this exact point. Don't try to escape the duties of your life. Do the laundry. Do your routine. Right. If you've written out a routine, do it. And it's not even spend time with the family members that might annoy you a little bit. But like, <laughs> this is your faithfulness to the life that you've been given, to the people that have been put into your life and to the routine you've been given. Also, don't be late. Don't, and I'm terrible at this. Don't be late to your job. Don't be late to your appointments. Be on time and persevere. My last, the last thing I read from a priest that just, I loved aside from um, crying it out, this is kind of the opposite, (laughs) but he said, have a sense of humor also, right? Like this is such a serious topic, but he goes, Mm -hmm. we don't need to take ourselves too seriously. We don't have to obsess over our faults and what we're failing to do. That is also that voice in our head of the noonday devil. We should be self-aware and you and I say that all the time, but we also need to be able to laugh at ourselves. Okay, so it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? Michelle, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Can you um, oh, call dear. my cell phone right now? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh. <laughs> it might take her a minute, guys, to find my number, but I'd like you Hang to call on. my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well... Okay, I'm just scrolling through all the people who call me mom, mom, <laughs> mom, <laughs> Phil, mom, <laughs> Lindsay, here we are. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> I love it. it. Oh, yeah. no, oh yes. Now my, now my laptop started calling at the same time. Okay, so everyone, <laughs> I'd like to share my brand new love. <laughs> Which is 1984's Murder, She Wrote, starring Angela Lansbury. (laughs) Oh, and I think I commented on your post, too, that I am and truly am so happy that you're here. (laughs) I don't know what took me so long. And I was shocked that Mm. when I started putting on Facebook how many of my friends are massive Murder, She Wrote fans. And I'm like, hmm. I I should try the show. I used to think it was nerdy when I was a kid, but now I'm loving it and my kids love it and it's family friendly, even with the murder. And so my my older kids stay up and watch it with us, right? I am obsessed. I want to dress like her. I've said to Jason, listen, I'm not rushing your death, but if I'm a widow and I'm still young enough, that's me. You're looking at my my future. I love it. Yep. You're going to ride a little bike? I am because she doesn't drive. (laughs) <laughs> she she never drives. She rides her bike mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. solves all of those murders. And so I got, as you heard, as everybody heard, the, the ringtone on my phone. And I also plan on answering whenever it rings and I'm out in public. I'm going to answer and just be like, where's the body? So I'll think that's hilarious. I don't know if other people will think that's hilarious. But uh, yes, some of my best childhood memories were after school. We would have snack. We'd chat about our day and then we'd all settle down and mom would watch Murder, She Wrote. Um, or Magnum P.I. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we would play and I'd come in and out of episodes, didn't quite understand maybe all of it, but I have 
very fond memories of Jessica Fletcher. She's like a pseudo uh, mother to me. <laughs> she truly is. She is outstanding. I love it. I love it. So if anybody's looking for a show that involves murder that they can watch with some of their kids, um, <laughs> let us recommend that on Amazon Prime. So Michelle, Perfect. what are you loving? <laughs> Okay, so I'm also going to recommend a TV show. Uh Uh, This is a newer one. It's only in the first season, but I'm like what I'm seeing so far. This is a show called God Friended Me. Have you Mm -hmm. heard of this? No, not at all. Okay, so it's a CBS show, but in Canada, you can watch it on CTV. Uh, It follows a a guy named Miles, who is a podcaster. Mm. Uh, He's trying to get his podcast out there. And I laugh every time because I'm like, oh, me too, Miles. Um, But here's the thing. He's an atheist uh, and his whole podcast is on atheism. Mm -hmm. So very different from our podcast. And he is friended on Facebook by The God Account. Oh, yeah. 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 It keeps sending him friend requests of random strangers for him to go and help. But he doesn't believe in God. So... (laughs) Uh, Part of the show is him trying to crack the mystery of this God account who is behind it. Uh, And the other half is him just kind of uh, in an act of faith, kind of going with these people if he comes across them when he finds them and helping them with whatever they're going through in their lives. So I like it because the adventures are fun, but they're also thought provoking. And his own journey and the life questions that all these things bring up, it's interesting to follow in a in a light-hearted kind of a way. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. And if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Linny Autumn. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Thank you.